0: Well, that's a whole other thing. It's like going viral on the internet, uh, which back in you know 2009 was still a kind of novel experience.
1: Hey, I'm Rudy Dogum, and this is Wholesome Crypto. Here, I speak with crypto experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs to find out what personally led them to the path of cryptocurrency. Today, I speak with Jonathan Mann, also known as Song a Day Man. Since January 1st, 2009, Jonathan has written a song a day. Literally, he has not missed one day. Now, coming up on December 31st they'll be dropping 3979 songs as nfts welcome jonathan thank you so much for joining me on the wholesome crypto podcast it's a pleasure to have you here um yeah i'm excited to learn more about you and figure out what got you started on a song a day yeah
0: thank you so much thanks for having me excited to share it
1: yeah um i first learned about you with your songs about crypto but i know you've been doing this for much longer than that i think since january 1st 2009 um and yeah let's let's go back into that and before we even go back to january let's let's hear about how you even got into music in general were you always a musician was it in your family what, tell me more about that
0: no it wasn't in my family at all Uh and You know, and sometimes I feel a little bit jealous of like people who had musical parents or, uh, you know, had that kind of role model because I definitely didn't. Um, You know, I can remember being really little and I always loved music, you know, Mm -hmm. which is not to say, which is not unique in any way. I have kids now, like all kids love music. You know, it's (laughs) like, that's just like, it's a very, you know, it's a primordial. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like a primordial thing that we have. Uh, But I can remember like, you know, I, I didn't have anyone in my life who played music, so so I didn't understand. I can remember, like, even being five years old and not quite, like, understanding how music worked or, like, I always tell this story of, like, I remember at, a like, some kind of um, talent show at my school, some, like, older kids got up and, like, lip-synced to I don't know some Bon Jovi song or something that sort of dates myself but like and I remember they were playing like tennis rackets as guitars <laughs> and and I was like I was like how do they know I remember thinking to myself, I remember this like five year old thought of asking myself, like, how do they know like what instruments are playing? Like, how do they even, how's that even, how do they even decide like what to play? Yeah. Um, So that's just to say that like I literally had no frame of reference for anything having to do with music. Um, And um, when I turned 12, that sort of light bulb moment came on. There's, you know, I think 12 is a really special age. Right around that age is like is when you start, you know, developing your own identity and like uh-huh. this is the thing that I'm gonna do that I'm gonna really like. Um, and and I got really into Bob Dylan. For whatever reason, um, you know, he had always been around. My parents were sort of hippies or whatever, but um, and I got really into Dylan all of a sudden, and I really wanted to play guitar and write songs like him. That was sort of that was my entry point.
1: So Bob Dylan was definitely the influencer in your life and just music in general. And as you, so when did you get your first instrument? What was your first instrument?
0: It was guitar. Okay. And I was twelve. It was uh, for Christmas.
1: Oh, that's sweet. I want. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually currently learning how to play guitar, but yeah, I'm straight up not. <laughs> (laughs) I don't know it's still learning how to uh, put my hands on the chords
0: oh totally I mean you know and but I wanted it so bad it was the kind of thing where like I was you know I was in that sort of tween state where like every day I'd come home from school pick up the guitar and just like I really wanted it you know
1: I love that And now, now that you have your own guitar, was it like, okay, this is, well, I guess it was, were you thinking long-term, this is going to be my career, I'm going to make my life out of this, or is it just like, you're just feeling a curiosity and you're kind of not really sure where the road's taking you?
0: It's funny because looking back, you know, yeah, like, when I was, you know, when I was little, like I said, I didn't have any role models, Mm -hmm. so... It didn't really occur to me that it could necessarily be a career. And my career, of course, you know, has not been in any way like, I don't know, there's there literally there's never been a role model for me because it's like just been one thing after another where I've sort of like had to invent what i was gonna do Um, but at that age you know all i knew at that age was that i wanted to write songs that's all i knew at that age was like i really want to do this and that has never gone away like that part of it has just never has never ceased of like i just want to write songs (laughs) you know like that's just what i want to do
1: yeah and it was amazing like i I remember like looking over your profile. Like, you were writing songs for uh, G4 TV. I didn't even know that. I mean, I didn't know that until now. And I used to watch G4 TV.
0: Oh, right on. So like back in the day, yeah, what What we would you watch like X Play? Yeah, and... X Play
1: was pretty much what I watched. Got all my news feed about gaming through there.
0: Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I did. I one of the one of the first like biggest jobs that I did that where I got like paid. I think I got paid like not enough money. I got paid like eighteen hundred dollars or something. Uh, I got paid. To to make X play the musical, I don't know if you remember that, but there was there was a musical episode with Morgan Webb and mm-hmm. Adam Sussler singing, and I wrote all the music for that episode. I did all the songs.
1: That's wild.
0: I appeared in it in the beginning. Uh, yeah, that was like, and then and then I I I did a I did a, you know a bunch of like my early were circa, you know, 2004, 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. through 2007, maybe. Um, I was like, you know, I was like 23, 24, 25, 26. All of my like first early jobs were working for G4. Were so, doing songs.
1: so then you're, so how did you get into uh, that industry? I mean, you were obviously like in high school learning to play by yourself, writing your own little songs. And then what, would you go to college for like a musical degree or?
0: So... I went to a small liberal arts college in Vermont called Bennington mm-hmm. uh, and they don't have majors at Bennington. It's one of those kinds of schools. So, <laughs> so, you know, it was perfect for me because I basically, I just wrote songs all the time. Like, and, and, but, you know, I wasn't actually in the music program, you know, you take at Bennington, you just take whatever you want. And, okay. uh, and, uh, and then I went to grad school and it was at grad school that I, in Los Angeles that I, I made this rock opera based on the super Mario brothers. Oh, uh, that's awesome called the mario opera um and so my friend was working at g4 my good friend ryan was working on if you remember the show g4 tv.com uh that got canceled um he was working on that uh and he got he pitched to attack of the show that they should come cover the mario opera which i was performing up at my school cal arts uh california institute of the arts and uh So they came out and they covered it. Um, And then when I left grad school, I got an internship uh, at G4. And I started interning, you know, I was like 22, interning at G4. Uh, And what I would do is I would go to the pitch meetings for X-Play and for AOTS And I would listen to all the things that they were pitching. And if they pitched something, if someone pitched something that I thought like, oh, there could be a song for that, I wouldn't even tell them. I would just I would just write the song. I would go home, I would write the song and then come back and say, hey, you know, that thing, that idea that you guys are going to do here, I made a theme song for it. And like they ended up using like a few of those. And it was sort of through that relationship that I ended up, you know doing
1: that um that's awesome you took the initiative for that too it's not like if you i bet if you asked them at the meeting they'd probably be like oh here's an idea or like nah we shouldn't do this and just like
0: yeah i'd be like sure yeah yeah exactly
1: so it's that's like, awesome you took the initiative and like oh, i got something ready for you here
0: yeah here it is you know like use it or don't um funny story about that uh, the 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 producer the i don't know what his official title was but like the producer of attack of the show in many ways like the mastermind of what made that show really great like back in the day mm-hmm. Uh, is a gentleman called gavin purcell and he went on to be like jimmy fallon's producer on late night for many years he did some stuff with sarah silverman he's now like a some executive at universal but he actually is huge into nfts now he i sent him like his first nft he like reached out to me maybe like i don't know eight or nine months ago and was like what's up with this nft (laughs) thing you seem to be really into it and i was like I was like dude and then but he's become full dgen like he's gone full crypto wow nft like he created an alternate persona on on twitter that is like you know his crypto persona and uh he is like he is in neck deep so that's like a really fun g4 um nft connection that's
1: awesome and um before we get like, deep into NFTs and crypto, when didn't you even first hear about Bitcoin or Ethereum? Well,
0: so funny story about that is that, you know, I started writing a song of day on January 1st of 2009, as you said. Um, uh, uh, the genesis block of Bitcoin is January 3rd of 2000. Mm-hmm. So two days after I started Song of Day is when Bitcoin had its first uh, whatever transaction or, or Genesis block. Mm -hmm. Um, so I actually, I was like, um, that was at the height of the financial crash, right? Like the height of the big recession. And I was obsessed with the, with the great recession. Like I was convinced that, you know, we were going to go off the deep end and we are the whole world was going to end, which it feels like it's going to again now, but like back then it (laughs) felt that way. And so I remember reading about Bitcoin way back then, like because, just because I was so immersed in like, the being, tech scene. yeah, and being terrified of like, what's happening in money. Yeah. And you know, so I'm some blog, I'm sure like some blog that I came across, but of course, it was too technical for me. And I, I you know, I, um, you know, I'm a computer person, but like, you gotta back then you had to really like,
1: yeah, it's cypherpunk, all that.
0: Yeah. So, so and then the next the next time that I remember hearing about it was like in 2014, when it was pumping at one point. And, uh, or maybe, maybe 2013, there was like a, there was like a little pump in that era where it like reached a thousand for the first time or something. And I had a friend who had invested early and he was like, man, I'm making (laughs) so much money. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, And then it wasn't until 2017, a couple years after Ethereum had launched, that I sort of learned about uh, the sort of non-monetary focused uses of the blockchain, Uh, this sort of like nascent crypto art scene that, you know, uh, my first... My first exposure was CryptoPunks in 2017, oh. like a couple months after it had been launched. Mm-hmm. And immediately that lit a fire in my imagination um, in a way that no other story about crypto had before. You know, like my friend was like, I'm making so much yeah, money. I'm like, okay. It's all that, about the money. Now you're like, you know, you know finally it's about some art. And now it's about something that I can relate to, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then, of course, I, I, you know, I mean, basically I just dove in head first. I learned about Pepe, you know, the rare Pepe scene. <laughs> and yep. I met all those guys. And back in those days, you know, back in those early crypto art days, before they were called NFTs, we were just calling this, the scene was called crypto art. Uh, there were so few of us, you know, there was very few people who were really like, it was just a small band of really passionate folks. You could basically know everybody who was in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and we mostly, you know, um, I attended, uh, DevCon in 2018, um, and NFTs really flew through f- below the radar there, you know, super rare was there. They had, they were showing art and there was other people doing, I mean, I performed on stage and I was like, I, I performed on stage there and I. I uh, tokenized the song that I performed as an NFT. You know, and it went for yeah. like two point five ETH, and which was like five hundred dollars at that point. I was like, sweet, five hundred dollars. But it was like nobody really cared, right? Like, no people were like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't really get
1: this. So the pumping uh, value game it still is today a little bit, but yeah,
0: I mean, and it takes you know, it takes that. Unfortunately, in our in crypto culture, it's so tied, right? It's so incredibly tied to this money focused thing that it takes these it takes, you know, the sixty-nine nine million dollar people sale for people to care, you
1: know. Yeah. yeah um, that's true. It's like if you're gonna make some media headlines, it's like, let's talk about the price of this of this artwork and why it went so much. Like that's that's not the yeah. point. It shouldn't yeah. be the point, but
0: but you understand it. It's like, that's the way our media works. Our yeah. media needs something like that to like hook onto it. It's a double edged sword, right? Because back in the day, you know, um, we can get into like my project, my song of the NFT project, but back in the day when anyone was thinking about making any kind of NFT project 2017, 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. you had this very, you had this like very clear decision you had to make, which was like, are you going to aim this just at crypto people? Or are you going to try to expand your market and like try to bring people in? And to try to bring people in, you had to start at the very basic fundamentals every time, which yeah. is unfortunate because then you have to stop talking about fungibility. And like, you know, no one wants to talk about fungibility. Like, that's just bullshit, you know? And so, but so the double edged sword is now you don't have to start at that box. Basically, every- Everyone, my mom, everyone knows what an NFT is now. more or less. They might not understand it completely, but they've heard it. And you don't have to start from zero. You can start from like 50%, you know? And then from there, you can get them up to speed. Uh, The double of short of that, of course, is that is that Uh, It's so money focused. Yeah. It's so awash in speculation. Uh, And then, and then the other other double edged sword, maybe it's like a triple edged sword, (laughs) is is uh, how much people hate NFTs. You know how much the general public uh, is 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 just is just so angry and hates
1: them hate. i feel like it's the hate is because of the price point it's like why yeah. why spend so much on a picture and they're yes. kind of right i yeah, mean they have a point like yeah, why, why are you spending so much on a crypto punk? it's cool but yeah i mean i get it and i also would personally never put that much ETH into something like that but that's yeah. just me um I'm, I'm not as much of a creative um but for like music and ownership i totally see it and see why because that makes complete sense of your hard work you're getting paid hopefully dividends forever and royalties forever. If that song is ever bought and transferred and used and licensed, that's like
0: all that stuff is beautiful. It's yeah. a
1: beautiful way to do it. And I think that's what we're looking forward to. But right now yeah, brag about how much something costs is all we can do right now. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so you started song a day on January 1st and I'm guessing you're just been using current affairs and what's going on in the media and like any kind of topic you can find to have that creative energy like how do you how do you do a song a day like have you missed a day
0: never missed a day um there's there's sort of three big buckets that i put like what the topics are Uh, and that's like personal which is like things that are happening in my life ranging from like the mundane to the extraordinary like having a baby to uh going to the dentist you know like (laughs) anything that's happening in my life is fair game uh and then uh poetic or abstract is another one where um, if I don't know what to write, sometimes I just start writing words and they just come out. or I just start singing them, and then doesn't then the song isn't really about anything in particular. It's kind of just like a a poem or a, you mm-hmm. know a, a an abstract expression of some feeling that I have at the moment. And then uh, and then topical like this. What you sort of mentioned is is that's a big part of it. News, video games, technology. Uh, politics, you name it, anything that's happening in the world, Uh, or, or, or even I think like a different, a different way to approach topical for me is like animals, you know, like, if I see a funny animal video, like, okay, I'm gonna make that (laughs) make a song out of that or like, you know, anything like that is sort of falls in that bucket. Uh, So that's where that's like, where the, the three broadest categories that I would like say where the inspiration comes from each day
1: yeah and like i guess what was the like i guess your purpose behind making that was just like you said you just want to write music and you want to write songs and were you like this is like a personal challenge or was this more of like i'm trying to you know show the world what i can do my art how was this like your mission what was the value behind that
0: well it started out as just being like a month-long thing where i was just aiming to do it for the month of january that Uh, was the goal and then at the end of january I decided to keep going for a year, yeah. um, and then at the end of the year, just became a de- you know sort of an indefinite thing. Um, and I don't know it it, it just it. Uh, I, what I always say is like you know it's not for everybody, right? Like like uh, no, it's
1: not easy doing with doing that. People can like barely work out every day, so.
0: You know, but, 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 but I do think there's value in even just for like a week, do it like making a concerted effort to do whatever art practice you have every day for like mm-hmm. a week or like a month you find, you know, there's a lot of benefits. To, to 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 like to doing some kind of regimented thing even if it's for a short amount of time um, and a big part of it is like uh, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of different parts of it like one is you know uh, we tend to be very precious with the things that we create and consider them to be these like you know these little jewels that we're trying to like bring to life um, you know and when you make something every day you can't you can't have that preciousness and that sort of frees you. To not really worry about Hmm. essentially being good. It's like to not really worry about making something that's good. You just have to make something. Yeah. And that actually frees you in a lot of ways to take the pressure off and it frees you to just do uh, to do more stuff. And the fact of the matter is, is like there's many benefits to just making things and not yeah. worrying about. Yeah, I um, feel that,
1: especially as someone who just like for me, I love like my whole like background was like I did electrical engineering. But the reason yeah. I got into that is because I just loved tinkering with anything electronic and I wasn't always trying to make something work out perfectly i was just doing it to learn and understand and have fun with it and that pays off you know like it kind of guided me in my career but it, like it kind of also guided you for your career because yeah, as you said you're making a song a day and you know you've blown up in like different media outlets you've been interviewed like what cnn and even at some japanese tv show and i think <laughs> like what was that experience for you like you're just doing this i guess for fun. And now you're like being well known.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, well, that's a whole other thing. It's like going viral on the internet, uh, which back in, you know, 2009 was still a kind of novel experience. Yep. There was, wasn't was something that people really knew about. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great when it happens. Um, but it doesn't happen all the time. And, and, and there's even more benefits in that, right? Like, you know, uh, we're not the, like the best arbiters of like the things that we create. And so when I do this, like oftentimes I put a song out and I think it's just sort of like, whatever, like this thing that I just like, ooh, (laughs) just kind of pooped out this song or whatever. And then, you know, then I'll hear on YouTube comments from people who are like, oh no, I actually really liked this. I'm like, okay, oh, that's interesting, (laughs) you know? And then, and there's another aspect, which is, you know, it's always easier to start with something than it is to start with nothing. So, you know, in this process of every single day, I'm just like making something no matter what. You know, in the future, when I want to, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe I want to find a song that I want to like sick my teeth into a bit more and like find the right way to do it. I don't know if you watched like the Beatles thing. It's like remarkable to see, you know, how they did it and this cool Beatles documentary like Mm -hmm. it's so similar where it's like they just start with this like idea and they just they're really just like throwing ideas out into the into the room and then something sticks and they start digging into it and the fact is is like the process of actually like coming up with stuff and just like generating things is very different from the process of like refining and, and honing and fine. And like those two processes are, are often, you know, often um, diametrically opposed from each other. You know, it's like, you don't want to be in a honing mindset when you're in the generation phase. And you don't want to be in the generation mindset when you're in the honing phase. Mm-hmm. Or there's a quote that is attributed to Hemingway, although I don't think he ever actually said it. <laughs> but it's fun to pretend that he said it. So just pretend that Hemingway said that you should write drunk and edit sober. And like, that's the, I like that. That's like the, you know, that's, that's totally true. You don't want to edit drunk. That would be disastrous. And you don't want to write and you don't want to write sober. You want to like, get it all out, you know, let yourself go. No
1: restrictions. Like feel free, let loose. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure plenty of rock stars were intoxicated when they were doing their music. Yeah. Yeah. But. And why not? Yeah, exactly. Um, Wow. So you're working on this songs a day and then crypto comes into your life and then you start yeah. to slowly start writing about crypto and yeah the
0: week i learned about crypto punks i wrote a song about crypto punks
1: <laughs> <laughs> and has that been kind of like your driving factor now with song a day i mean i see i've seen some songs like uh, about rocket pool from they what super fizz was the one who like, yeah, yeah 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 i have him yeah, comment like, on I, here uh, yeah. in a week or two so i'm excited. yeah for that love one. that
0: man love that man he is such a great um, advocate and educator of uh, of of ETH2 staking, like I think he's just such a great person in the community for that.
1: Yeah, he is, and it's like it's amazing how much crypto has changed your life. And I'm wondering, like, could you even at this point,
0: could you even imagine your career without crypto? I mean, it would look a lot different. <laughs> um, um, so you know, I started building what has now become Song a Day NFT and mm-hmm. also Song a DAO, which we can get into. But like, I I essentially started building that or trying to build that almost immediately, having seen CryptoPunks. Like, like it's it's so uh simple now, like like because there's so many PFP projects yeah and because there's so many pro- it's very it's it's almost very obvious, but back then it was not obvious at all, and I felt like I was like, you know, there's cryptopunks and there's crypto kitties. and I was like, that's what I want to do with song a day. I want to put song a day into that model where you know there's ten thousand cryptopunks there's uh all these different crypto kitties there's a growing number of song a day songs and i want to put song a day into that model where the dream was basically to uh, create these images that represent each song and on the image is going to be the traits of the song just as you'd have traits in a crypto mm-hmm. you know and i had to explain this over and over and over to people and like no one really i mean there was people that got it for sure but like most people was like what are you talking about?
1: Um, That's the feeling with crypto in general. Every time I'm like Ethereum and people are what like, are you what, what yeah. is this? How does that what? even work?
0: Yeah. Uh um, But yeah, so I. but then what happened essentially is that the crypto winter. And mm-hmm. so I was working on it straight through 2018, straight through 2019. 2020 hit and um that's actually when i checked out for a bit there was like a bit of time where i checked out because we were like in dire straits you know financially all like i had been making my living up to that point it's a whole other story of doing these conferences where i'd go to a conference okay i'd watch all the talks and then i'd get up at the end and uh make a song that recapped All the talks that happened at the conference live yeah
1: live oh that's tough
0: uh and so that was my job for for you know i started doing that with the first one i ever did was 2011 um and you know ramping up from 2011 all the way up through 2020 i was doing more and more each year to the point where like 2018 2019 i was doing like one or two a month i was traveling all the time and then that died in 2020 um, and so, um, you know, and then, and then basically like, and then I started to be like, oh, wait a minute, people are starting to pay attention to NFTs now like it seems like something's bubbling here under the surface like things are starting to pick up so i i uh all this time i've been like searching and searching for a good solidity dev which is still hard to find
1: still hard and still either they have to be passionate about the project you're making or you have to have a lot of money to pay them which
0: has always been the case (laughs) Yeah. because solidity devs are like worth their weight in gold basically and so you know as someone who didn't have a lot of money like i just couldn't I couldn't find someone who aligned with my project enough to want to just do it. So what ended up happening was finally, I I checked back in and I saw that OpenSea had started to, uh, you know, have some of the tools in place where I could sort of just do it. It wasn't going to be perfect. OpenSea has a lot of problems, but like I could sort of just do it on my own um, without a solidity dev.
1: Mm -hmm. So making the own NFTs.
0: Yeah. And so I finally launched like year one of song day 365 songs, you know, way back in March. Uh, And that went really well. And that sort of set me off to where where I am now where I'm getting ready to now I have my own contract. I hired a bunch of devs. I'm like, I'm on track now. Uh, And um, we're we're heading towards what I'm calling the big sad drop. Unfortunately, song a day has the acronym sad
1: (laughs) yeah but but
0: i'm but i'm i'm embracing it it's the big sad drop and it happens on um december 31st
1: i'm excited for that yeah um so is that also part of the dao or is that a separate entity
0: it's all it's all feeds into the same thing so essentially like and this has always been the dream from 2017 the dream essentially was at some point i'm gonna drop all of my songs that i've ever written from from the past You know, back then it was 3,000 songs. Mm -hmm. Back in 2017, now it's more more than 4,000 songs. That's what happens when three years go by, essentially. (laughs) Um, But the dream always was, I want to drop my entire archive, and then I want to start minting my songs daily, and there'll be an auction every day for each song. That's always been the dream from day one. Um, And we're finally doing it. January, uh, December 31st is going to be dropping 3,979 songs that represent all of song a day, except for years one and two, which have already been sold. Uh, um, And then starting on January 1st, which is the first day of year 14, of song a day, I will be minting, I'll be writing and minting a song daily that will be auctioned. Um, and it looks a lot like Nounsdale, if you know about Nounstow, All that money from those daily auctions is funneled straight back into Song I don't, I don't claim the money oh, wow. that comes That's from the daily auctions. The daily auctions, that money goes to Song the big sad drop, that money goes to me and my family. Good. But the daily auction starting on January 1st, that money goes to Song of Dao. And the Song of Day NFTs, so every single one of those 3,979 songs and every single subsequent song is essentially a makes you eligible to be in the Dao. Okay. Um, and there's three tiers of, of Dao-ness for people. When you're just eligible, you are what's called a listener, and that gets you access to the Discord. You can participate in snapshot votes on sort of the overall direction of Song of Day. We'll probably do some things where it's like, I'll, I'll put up some topic ideas and you can vote on what, what, you know, what I write about that day and that kind of thing. If you want to take the next step and actually do on-chain votes that have to do with the treasury, uh, you have to get verified with bright ID. And then, uh, at that point you become an actual member, a real legal member of Songadao. Um, oh, I should mention because Songadao is actually a legal co-op. Okay. And so a lot, a lot of these structures have to do with sort of a, this legal framework that we've put around it. Um, and, and There's two reasons for the legal framework, which I'll get into. But uh, so, yeah, so now... You know, you own a song and you verified with Bright ID. Now you're what's called a um, a voter. You're now a voter in Song of DAO. And now you can participate in on-chain votes about the treasury. How do we deploy this treasury? Who gets paid? How much? Where is this money? Go? That's something that you can do as a voter. And then the third thing is you dox yourself to the DAO. You let yourself be known mm-hmm. uh, who you are, your full legal name. Um, and I think that's all we need, your full legal name. You mm. might need your address.
1: Probably to mail stuff to taxes
0: taxes stuff. <laughs> because at that point what you do is become a builder yeah and because it's a co-op we're a co-op we're a legal co-op um, you are now like a sort of a part owner of the DAO, and you can get paid. The way co-ops work is that at the end of the year, any surplus that the co-op has is distributed back to the members. Oh, okay. And that's just a legal framework of co-ops. Yeah. So we don't have a token. We don't we don't track you, we don't track your, you know, the reason part of the reason I don't want to have a token is what we're talking about is speculation. Yeah. Um, there's already so much speculation, like the token I feel like takes the speculation from here and it's just like
1: yeah. yeah, then it becomes about token value yeah. doesn't become usage or utility anymore.
0: So so when we don't need a token yeah. because I because, respect that. because we have this co-op for where the work you do, we're going to distribute all the ETH or not all of it, but the surplus and you can do between 20% and 80% of the surplus uh and that's something that we would vote on back to the members based on the work that they've done for the co-op essentially um and we're gonna track that work through poaps i think oh Poaps. poaps poaps i call them poaps I'm,
1: I'm not i forgot there was like a spelling thing like oh yeah but that, that's, a, that's an awesome project too itself it's i love following them what they're doing too
0: yeah yeah poap is amazing so so you know you uh the 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 it, it ranges from sort of like the the very tiny yeah. to the very large but like the very large idea would be let's say let's say you uh get you are a new or, or someone you know is like a music license licensing person gotcha. and you get a song placed in like a netflix movie you would get a POAP for that and that POAP represents a certain percentage of That's that fun. surplus at the end of the year and so you can see the upside you know because now that song appears in that movie it's going to get a lot of uh, listens on Spotify. It's going to get a lot of views on YouTube. All of that revenue goes back into the DAO and gets distributed back.
1: That's amazing because, like, yeah, this is initially created for a song day, but like, you're also creating an amazing platform that can be used for anything else NFT related. Um, that's awesome, man! Like, that's I think that's it's hope. A- and it's well thought out. And like, obviously, you have they have you who's like credible in your in your history of writing songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess after December thirty first, you've you know, put all your songs on. Every day after that, you're gonna continue writing songs. And will it be published same, Well, I guess same day, would you have to have an
0: auction for that? Exactly that's it you know and the songs you know still gonna go on youtube this is the 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 wonderful thing about nfts right is the song can be everywhere and then there's gonna be one owner right there's Mm -hmm. just one owner and whatever the whatever the money is from those auctions that goes straight back to the dow and hopefully you know builds our treasury and people get involved and we can start we can start making shit that's that's (laughs) the whole that's the whole that's the dream Uh, Um, it's the it's the uh it's the utopian vision that i have right now and (laughs) i I, and i'm and i'm 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 ready for like the the like messy reality, you know, of of humans uh, coming in and like just gonna mess everything it. up, and it's gonna be all fucked up and like. But that's part of it, right? Like that's that's what we're in right now. Is this kind of like, what are we doing? I don't fucking know, like. <laughs> We're just, but we're, that's
1: how you start a business. You don't know. Like people keep forgetting. Like entrepreneurs do not have a golden plan answers. to follow. Yeah, they don't. They right. just have a slight idea. Like and they go for it and run with Maybe, it. And then yeah. hopefully something
0: happens. And yeah. you'll
1: figure it out. So like yeah, yeah. You have no choice but to figure it out. I don't think any business was started uh, easily without any issues along the way.
0: Exactly. Like no. Yeah. No, there's. It's not gonna be. I have no. I have no, uh, I have no, you know, I know that it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I know that it's going to be difficult.
1: Yeah. And like this, this makes me think like you're spending so much time writing songs, uh, working on your own brand, your media, your, uh, song it out, song a day and song it out. Um, and the big drop and you have a family with like your wife and your kids. Like for me, like my like outlet from like work is like maybe pl- learning how to like play guitar, but like, what is your yeah. outlet? How do you, <laughs> how do you like, uh, Keep your sanity with so much going on.
0: That's a good question. Um, Some
1: people just keep loving it. I mean, I yeah. have people say like, "No, yeah. this is it. This is my no. life."
0: Yeah, video games with my kids is one I would say. Video games with the kids, reading, reading books, mm-hmm. taking baths.
1: Baths are awesome. Underrated. Running,
0: Yeah, yeah, underrated, <laughs> big time. Um, you know, hanging out with my wife, thinking about the house, you know, we just bought this house, like doing work on the house and like getting it to the state that we wanted, all that kind of stuff, you know, like, because it is, it is so much, you know, it's it's a lot. It uh, um,
1: sounds like you have a great team helping you out too with this project. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, huge shout out to Raid Guild, um, which came out of Meta Cartel. Uh, it's just so funny, like many of the people... That i'm working with are people that i had interfaced with briefly back in the day back in 2018 but raid guild now exists and it's i if anyone ever is looking for a, a great um uh, like sort of like insta team you know that they cut they come together it's a wonderful they're a wonderful group of of folks um and their onboarding is really smooth and you you go and you sort of tell them what you're looking for and you can pay them like 500 DAI and they'll like, and they'll, you know, have like a consultation with you about what you're looking for. Uh, they're just, they're just great. Um, and they've been helping me build everything from the smart contracts to the front end stuff. Um, yeah. they introduced me to the lawyers that I ended up, uh, um, going with for the Dow, legal structure stuff um just great yeah
1: yeah it's very comforting knowing that you have a team that can like help you through the tough questions which (laughs) is even like a lawyer is a hard thing to find it's so many totally especially uh,
0: a crypto lawyer
1: yeah everyone's like every time i mention like crypto it's like uh, an accountant or a lawyer they're like oh no i'm uh i'm not sure like i'm scared of that
0: i'm not touching that i'm like yeah we yeah yeah we actually lucked out like in both of those fronts because the crypto lawyers we got are amazing they're based in colorado and that's and then it just happens that the the tax company we use, they're called Brax, Brass Taxes, um, they brought on a crypto person specifically to help because they were getting so many uh, crypto inquiries. Um, and it turns out that the guy who I actually have a meeting with in like, uh, two hours uh turns out he's like full dj he's like he's oh like the, he's like he's so into crypto that he knows way more than we do my me and my wife and like he you know he's great so we really lucked out on both on both those fronts
1: i love it is your uh is your wife and your uh kids heading towards the musical world or industry no
0: no my wife is not musical at all my kids are both vaguely interested in it um you know they're four and seven now so they're still time yeah they still got time they're a little early um but my niece is which is really exciting my niece who's who's 13 just turned 13 is like the world's biggest Beatles fan she's she's picking up the bass now she's playing bass uh so that's been really fun to watch because you know she's been where where I never had any musical anyone to look at in my family as i was saying like you know her whole life i've been around playing her songs and you know doing awesome. music. she's always been able to see me doing it and i hope that it inspires her to like to keep with it and like do it yeah
1: that's amazing i love that um let's see so after being in the crypto industry for so long um what is your crypto pet peeve oh man <laughs> <laughs> i love this question kids yeah
0: <laughs> Um, well, there's so many, right? Um, one of one of my biggest pet peeves is uh, the sort of factionalism that exists in all mm-hmm. corners of crypto. Um, uh, I mean, I can talk about it most specifically in in the NFT space, where now we have, you know, uh, right now actually, we're you know uh, we're having this sort of like fight of apes versus punks. In the NFT space, um, which is just another flavor of Bitcoin versus ETH, which is just another flavor yeah. of like you know Back Boys, Backstreet Boys versus Insane. Like who <laughs> the fuck cares? You know, it's all the same. It's this what it is. Is it's called fan. It's called you know this kind of fan culture. Yeah. Um. And there's no such thing as a good fandom, unfortunately. Like even the most wholesome. You know, My Little Ponies have like fucking toxic fanboys. (laughs) Um, There's no such thing as as wholesome, good fandom. And uh, uh, when you introduce money into the mix, you only supercharge the toxic elements of fandom because now people have their like whole livelihoods based on. And I just don't I don't like it. I, I, I don't want it. I don't like it. I think it's ridiculous
1: um yeah i see a lot of that too just like you know back in 2000 like when i first got into crypto 2011 13 yeah. something like that yeah everyone was all about the same thing like trying to solve money and i mean obviously we're talking about money but like i guess we're all working together to try trying to solve something mm-hmm. and now it's becoming more and more fractionalized like you said and people saying no this is a better way to solve this this is like the new standard or ultra ultrasound money and this is bitcoin sound money i'm like we're all living in a messed up environment with our system legislation and our the way we even just like have voting and our and our taxes and like we don't know where half the half our tax money is even going to like Bitcoin yeah. and ethereum are supposed to solve real issues the money portion of it's kind of I already looked out for it. Like We can stop talking about the money now. We can start yeah, talking yeah, about it. yeah. Yeah. Like we, we figured that part out. Let's figure out what's more difficult, like ownership, royalties, not just- All these
0: things. Yeah. Yeah. And it will, it's, you know, every, I guess it's like a, a normal thing because it's the exact same trajectory in NFTs, right? Yeah back in the day we were all just like obsessed with this idea of digital scarcity and like you know yeah people were talking about well, are we gonna put it on tron are we gonna put it on eos are we gonna put it on ethereum are we gonna put are we gonna do counterparty on bitcoin and it wasn't like there was no competition there it was like yeah all these things this is a great idea like i just i'm so excited about this idea of digital scarcity and now it's uh, um anyway it's a natural human thing i guess we're tribal we have this like thing that we do i just it just is so tiring. Um, another pet peeve I have in the wider crypto sphere is is uh, is Tether. Is this whole thing of Tether? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. They've been getting a lot of bad rap lately. Yeah,
0: it scares me. It scares me that like um, it scares me that that to, to, that I wonder how much of our of our of the worth of crypto right now is being inflated by by anything, and it, I, it scares me. That's all.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely scary because like there is definitely some type of, of inflation going on with you know with even without tether there is like the us yes. dollar that's being inflated yes um i don't know i mean i, I don't know for, the answer for me I, I, like for me it's like we were seeing all these new stable coins come out the Dai, usdc yeah, usdt yeah, like it's like yeah. why why do we need so many stable coins How is it so <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: is it even that necessary even gemini has her own stable coin like i'm just yeah it's getting like a little ridiculous.
0: It scares me that like every day I see new news stories about like Tether being investigated for this, mm-hmm. Tether being investigated for that. What will happen if Tether goes down? Like, is it is that going to uh is that gonna is that gonna really like and in some ways I almost like want it to happen just so like I don't have to think about it anymore. You know? Yeah. Where it's just like okay. Let's just like sweep the slate clean and like not have to worry about any of these investigations. Anyway, yeah, that's I mean, another thing that I worry about constantly.
1: Yeah. And that's a thing, like, that's what we hope for, right? Like, we won't need those stable coins to right. like, be our value, like, we got Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever the market decides will be the main uh, form of currency.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I use Ethereum, right? Like I pay people on Ethereum. I, I get paid in Ethereum. I, I, I uh, mint my NFTs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not a knock against any other um, platform. It's like more just sort of a legacy thing for me at this point. Yeah. Where it's like it's like just
1: I'm the industry you're in.
0: It's it's the part of, it's the corner that I'm in and I, um, I know everybody there, and like uh, that—that's sort of what happens, I guess. Um, but other chains are interesting to me for sure, and layer twos are interesting to me. The whole thing is interesting. We're so early, as as the saying yeah. goes. We're so early.
1: We're always gonna uh, be early. Feel we're like. always
0: gonna be early. <laughs> uh, so yeah.
1: Wow. Um, I guess one of my one of my last questions for you is uh, what's uh, what's your like favorite wholesome crypto moment that you've seen? Oh, I love
0: that. Um, there's a really wonderful moment in, in New York City. Uh, at, 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 I did a, a little show um, through Creator Cabins, which is a wonderful DAO uh, that has these cabins out in Texas that people can go to. Uh, and you can apply as an artist to go for like a, I think like a month-long residency. Anyway. Wow. And there's a really wonderful moment where where two of my friends, two of my crypto friends, uh, John Gold... Was performing a song, and uh, Matthew Ch- Chime, i never know how to say his last name—Chaim. Matthew Ch- Chaim was sitting there, and he was the owner of that song that John was playing. He was the owner on on this platform cal- catalog of the song that John was playing. And so John was playing it, and Matt was there, and he was the owner. And it was a really wonderful thing to see them sort of interact in that way, you know, to see wow. that sort of that sort of friend slash fan interaction was sort of nft in real life moment
1: happened that's beautiful
0: it was very wholesome it was extremely <laughs> wholesome yeah that whole event my you know our whole thing was like as wholesome as possible so yeah
1: i love it well jonathan thank you so much for joining me on the show i hope i've created some inspiration for your next song but um yeah it was a blast getting to know you and your story and i hope to I hope the best for A and Songdao and everything that you've created. I'm, I'm pumped to watch you excel.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And let me know, you know, like I said, let me know if you're driving down through Hartford. Bro. Oh, I, could, I definitely hope will. Hope to host you for a lunch or something. Love it. Thank Damn you. It. See yeah, you, everyone.